Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is designed for our podcast listeners, and it focuses on getting us into God's Word for about, oh, about 12 minutes or so each day. Kind of a short study, but it gets us into God's Word, and thereby it helps keep us focused on our spiritual well-being, our spiritual lives, also upon our relationship with God. Now, we encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can, literally everybody you can, because by doing so, you may help them start to focus on their spiritual lives, and they may be out of focus right now. You can help them start to think about their relationship with God, and you may even be able to help them get on the pathway through life that will lead them to eternal life in heaven. So think what a great impact for eternal good you can have on the people around you just by starting to share these short studies with them and get their thinking moving in a different direction. You can share through Facebook friends, you can share through text messages, maybe some other technological means that you have access to. But share with your friends, your family members, your neighbors, your work associates, anybody and everybody. People need to hear God's word. Share. Well, we're looking at most important subject. Again, in a previous series of studies through today's Bible class, we talked about sin and how sin is man's most grievous, most horrible, biggest, you supply the words again of emphasis, his biggest problem. It's not climate change, it's not famine, it's not drought, it's not wars, it's not violence, it's not chaos, it is sin. Sin will lead us to eternal condemnation. Sin will keep us out of heaven if we do not receive forgiveness. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death. And we're talking about spiritual death or separation from God. Isaiah 59 and verse 2. And if we do not receive forgiveness before we die physically, If we're not made right with God before we pass from this life, then we're talking about the second death, which is eternal condemnation in hell, separated from God for all of eternity, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 9. So we need to be forgiven, don't we? Now, how are we forgiven? Well, we looked at that clearly, easily understood God's word tells us how we're forgiven, and that is through baptism into Christ for the remission of our sins. When Peter and the other apostles were asked on Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and verse 37 by many of those Jews who are listening to the gospel message being preached on that day, they asked, what shall we do? And Peter responded, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, the language is clear in the, in the English, and really it's, it's even more clear perhaps in the Greek. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins can be forgiven, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, Ananias, sent by the Lord himself to teach the gospel to, the, to, to Saul of Tarsus, asked Saul, why are you waiting? 
Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Well, man's most important quest that he should be about is eternal salvation, eternal life in heaven. Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46, Jesus uses a couple of parables to illustrate the importance of this quest, the importance of getting to heaven. He talks about a a man who finds a treasure in a field that is so valuable that he sells everything he has so he can possess that field, so that he can have that treasure. And a merchant man who finds a pearl that is so exquisite and valuable that he sells everything else, else he has to buy that one pearl. It's that valuable. The treasure in that field is that valuable. Well, the treasure Jesus is talking about is eternal salvation eternal life in heaven, a home in the heavenly city. Again, we cannot buy that home, but Jesus is trying to get across. If we have to give things up in this life, if we have to change our lives fundamentally to be able to have this gift of eternal life from God, through Jesus, in heaven, he said it's worth giving up everything for. Again, remember the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We know which end of the spectrum. Those are exact opposites. We know which side we want to be on, don't we? We want the eternal life through Jesus Christ. We've got to be forgiven of our sins. Baptism is the means or avenue through which As we come to Christ for that forgiveness, he already paid the price on the cross, his life, the shedding of his blood. But we have to come to him in obedience to tap in to the cleansing power of his blood shed on that cross. Now, let's think about baptism. What is the truth about baptism? You know, the word is not found in the Old Testament. So it's not part of the Old Testament law of Moses. But let's imagine for a moment that you've never heard the word baptism before. You've never heard a sermon on it. You've never read any kind of booklet about it or any larger volume of writing on it. You've never had any conversation with anybody regarding baptism. For a moment, imagine that there are no family histories that you are influenced by in regards to baptism. There's no denominational allegiance in your life or among your family. There's no friends, no spouse, no parents, no preachers to please. Just you're there, you want to know what does the Bible say about baptism. You want to have a clear and correct understanding of what the Bible teaches on this matter. What does it say about baptism? The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, study to show yourself approved unto God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You need to have an open mind, an open mind. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 31, We read about this particular principle, Acts chapter 8 and verse 31. Notice, and he said, 
how can I unless someone guides me? Now, this is the Ethiopian who is the treasurer from Ethiopia of Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. He's riding along. He's a Jew. He's been to Jerusalem to worship. He's reading from Isaiah the prophet. And Ananias is sent by the Holy Spirit to go teach this man the gospel of Christ. And so Ananias undoubtedly heard him reading from Isaiah, or at least saw that that's what he was doing. And he said, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian says, how can I except someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. So that man from Ethiopia, reading, studying God's word, he had an open mind. He asked, he asked Ananias, uh, he asked Philip rather, to come up and teach him, get into the chariot with him, and help him understand more clearly. So we need to have an open mind. We also need to use common sense, Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18. And we need to simply open our hearts to God's word, the scriptures, and ask him, and we need to go to him in prayer as we study, and ask him, what am I supposed to believe and practice on this subject of baptism? So let's pick up the Bible as if for the first time and examine this doctrinal teaching. And the word doctrine just means teaching. Let's examine this teaching. What does the Bible really say about baptism? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped unto every good work. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. So God's word is all that we need. And all who respect his word can agree that whatever it says is sure and accurate and correct. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 119, 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Oh, how blessed we are to have God's word. And Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, these words along this line, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Where do we get the knowledge of God's word? Right there in his word. His word is our handbook of the knowledge of God communicated to us through scripture. Let's stop and pray. We'll come back and get deeper into this next time. Father, thank you for your word to guide us in your knowledge that you have communicated to us through scripture. Thank you for the truth that you have laid out for us through which we can be set free from the guilt and the condemnation of our sins. John 8 and verse 32. Our Lord said it there guide us in that truth and help us to submit our will to your will communicated to us through that truth. Praise and glory and honor be to you, Father. Please forgive us, gracious Father. This is our prayer in your Son's holy name. Amen.